0: okay so you had to go overseas yeah and uh i said you know because of the way they've been treating us uh we kind of questioned whether uh you were ready to give you know give your life mm-hmm. for a country that put no higher value on your services yeah but anyway we got back and a little lieutenant and now we'll forget he called me to his office and uh, put his arm. He said, "White, you know, you made a you made a mistake there." Black you, or
1: white, man?
0: It's white, white. But it's you know, I'm always suspicious when somebody puts, <laughs> puts arm around my shoulder. You know, I know something's coming that mm-hmm. <laughs> is going to be unpleasant. He said, "White, you really." Uh, made a mistake you know you lost one of our planes and you know you lost yourself and, and that uh, was a mistake however we are going to overlook that and you are on the next shipment over
1: I see <laughs> you got a reward <laughs> yeah that was my reward <laughs>
0: uh, so I was uh, I would have made had I not gone, that would have been about 12 guys uh, uh, out of the 22 that uh, they would have wasted <laughs> all that money on.
1: And yeah, Charles, you never really got to Tuskegee, did
0: you? Yeah, yeah. We trained at Tuskegee, remember?
1: Earl, at the very beginning?
0: Yeah, at the very beginning. But then
1: they started sending you around.
0: We trained at Tuskegee, and then after the training in 44... Right, right. Then they, they sent, you sent you.
1: Now, are you part of the 99th?
0: No, the 99th was already over by this time. Okay. See, the 99th, had trained, it was, was a squadron. The 99th was a squadron. Uh huh. One squadron, which means that you've got about 20 some pilots and the rest ground personnel. So what? A squadron. What were you? Uh, I was in the 330. I was in the 301st fighter squadron. 301st. Okay. Now. There were four squadrons that flew, so I want to give you all of them yeah. so that you can, you had the, Arch, right, you had the 301st, you had that. Yeah. You had the 99th,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and the 302nd, and the 100th. And, you were all, okay. and together, they made up the 332nd fighter group. Fighter group, okay. Yeah. All
1: right, you're going over there they're going
0: to send you overseas, and did you feel prepared? Oh yeah, yes. I I felt, and I was rather anxious to go. You know, I still, in spite of all this, I still wanted to go and do combat. Mm-hmm. Still wanted to go and get those Germans. So uh, we were prepared. We were prepared, and uh, we had gotten excellent training. And that that's one thing I I will say that once. the the system decided they were going to try this experiment. They gave us good equipment.
1: Meaning Negro Airmen.
0: Right. That that, that was the experiment. Your equipment
1: was as good as the whites, and you felt that your instructors were as good as the whites.
0: Right. Well, they were white. They were white.
1: Well, but you can still have inferior white instructors. Yeah, Okay. Do you think that your superiors your negro superiors felt pressure from the whites to make you all as good as quote unquote as the white fighter pilots did well
0: i'm they, sure they were under you, they were under pressure did
1: they pass that feeling, down to you, or did you no, just no, have it?
0: No, 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 I think that was just bred into you during the training, you know, that you would be, you would be, you are the best, I, uh, to the extent that I was really brainwashed, I mean, I think we were brainwashed into believing uh, that, that we were just unbeatable, you know, we would just, could go over there and just, just uh, change the course of the war, mm-hmm. uh, which proved to be uh, a mistake to a certain extent because uh, you know you get in a in a battle and you have a superiority complex uh, sometimes you find out that the, your enemy has heard the same lecture you know <laughs>
2: <laughs> and so
0: uh, it comes as a kind of a shock but here you got a guy that could fly his airplane as, as well as as you can fly yours, but that's. But I'm that's trying
1: to get to. Did you feel that you had to, to prove yourself as blacks as, as Yeah, negros, well,
0: you to you show did. everybody. Yeah, you had it? to show because after all, uh, when you have all this negative feeling, uh, and I and really, I didn't realize how negative uh, they were about us until I started reading some of these books oh, after I got out. That you gave me. Yeah, I one, mean,
1: one called The Lonely Eagles the by th- Robert Rose, and the other one was The Tuskegee Airmen yeah. by Charles Yeah, and, and
0: then uh, then some of the stories we, we got from some of the people in the know. Uh, and I've read other books, you know, which mm-hmm. which these uh, southerners, uh, most of the men in the army, the, the commanding, uh, the people that ran the, the service, were, were southern career officers. Mm-hmm. and uh, they just had a negative view as to what blacks could do, black males could do and flying was just not one of the things they could do.
1: When I came over here to get the books, she told me a story I want you to tell now about Eleanor Roosevelt.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, who
1: was really for you. Actually.
0: She was for this because, as I said, they wanted peace and tranquility on the home front while they fought, fought the enemy you know, or overseas. They didn't, they didn't need a lot of disgruntled blacks over here uh, upsetting things because they refused to train some of their their uh, young men to fly airplanes. Uh, that got to be a, a cause, you know. I mean, they were, people were, were just pushing this. Uh, once it caught on, uh, they just refused to take no for an answer.
1: When you say people, who
0: was pushing it? I'm talking about your black leaders. I mean, black uh, newspapers, black uh, organizations, NAACP, Urban League, and other uh, influential black organizations were pushing this. And they all rallied behind uh, this idea of putting, training black males to fly airplanes. Because, as I told, as you know, usually black males did all the service-type jobs. Right. And and naturally, these the people that uh, were against this had all kinds of reasons uh, why it would not work. Mm -hmm. It just wouldn't work. Blacks, uh, their reflexes aren't fast enough. Uh, They they don't have the intellectual uh skills to do two or three things at the same time they had just millions of and then would they really fight you know after the, if you taught them how to fly would they fight and uh, the, so you're constantly proving uh or would they leave uh the bomber crews in the lurch you know uh when the crunch came all that uh, you had to be thinking about and so as a consequence, we never left our bombers. A lot of the white pilots would leave their bombers that they were supposed to be escorted to go off and find some uh, plane to dogfight with so that they could build up their scores of enemy kills. Mm-hmm. But we uh, stayed with our bombers because, for the reason that you mentioned, we had to prove that we weren't the way they thought we would be and so we did, we never lost a bomber that we escorted. And we did escort, We that was our job. I don't know, I, we haven't put it on tape that we were with the 15th Air Force, and a strategic Air Force, and the job was to escort bombers to targets and bring them safely back. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that and was a, the job.
1: And entailed in that in, escorting means that you dive bomb? And no, no, escorting
0: means that you stay with those bombers that you uh, weave over those bombers oh, above, about uh, two or three thousand feet above the bombers to protect them from attacking German aircraft. I see. That was our main job. I see. And all the strafing and all that uh, that was just uh, something you did maybe once or twice a month. I see. A mission like that would come up, but our job was to protect those oh. uh, those bombers. Oh, and we had thousands of bombers. That the, when I went over there, they just the sky would just be black with American bombers, and uh, you know we would be uh, mm-hmm. weaving back and forth. And luckily, the Germans didn't have much gasoline. We had just about decimated the they're all refineries over there. So they couldn't mount too much of an attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, I might not be sitting here talking to you because uh, I might have gotten shot down myself. But the point being, I guess in life, being <laughs> in the right place at the right time is, is all there is. So anyway, we, we would do that. And we wouldn't leave them. We'd, we'd bring them back. And only leave them when we got back to friendly territory, and so we did. We had a, our group had a record of never having lost any of those bombers we escorted.
1: Uh, in one of the books, uh, it said that at one point in time, they were wondering if you were doing your job because you had no kills. You weren't. You weren't coming in contact with. Um, any enemy. Yeah. Well, They're, that
0: was the 99th. That's probably the first group. And they were doing missions where you wouldn't come. Uh, right,
1: and Ernie Powell wrote in the book that yeah. they were doing their job.
0: Yeah, they were doing the job. But that was in North Africa, I imagine, when the the uh, 99 first mm-hmm. got there. They had them on sea patrol duty and uh, that kind of thing, and you didn't see an air, you couldn't shoot them down if you didn't see them.
1: Excuse me, the, I, I asked you the question, and what is
0: that those are my my dogs time they hear a siren out there right they, they both okay. they have a chorus
1: Eleanor <laughs> right. Roosevelt came down to Tuskegee was it yeah, this
0: was be uh, before the experiment started, yeah I guess this must have been in you probably have a date in forty one mm-hmm. but anyway, she came down with her entourage and uh She had heard that uh, at Tuskegee they had a a flying program Mm -hmm. down there. I I think it was Civil Air Patrol or something. And they had one in Lincoln for that matter. But it was still unusual. So uh, she had to convince somebody that uh, blacks could fly. So they they got down to this Moten Airfield down there outside of Tuskegee. And... uh, there was this uh, Chief Anderson. Uh, he was the head pilot, civilian pilot down there. And one way or another, she got him to take her up over the objections of the Secret Service and all the people that are there to protect her welfare. You know, she was a pretty headstrong woman. And she got it, climbed into this plane with this uh, black pilot and they circled the field, circled the area, I guess, and landed. And she got out, and she was still all in one piece. Mm-hmm. And she took that message back to Franklin and told him they can fly. They, they can, can fly. really fly. They, they can fly.
1: <laughs> I like that when you tell me. <laughs> uh, okay, so where were you stationed?
0: In, 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 in Italy at the Ramatelli airfield Ramatelli Italy which is in the southern southeastern part of Italy
1: uh-huh. uh, we never touched on a judge Hasties decision. Our judge
0: Hastie was one of the one of the uh, ones that pressured you know the politicians or whoever you know the decision makers to uh, to give these youngsters, Jay, he worked along with the, WN, the NAACP in the and all the other organizations. that he was part of the pressure, mm-hmm. and so his name is always one that comes up.
1: They they called him the the father of the Negro Air Corps. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, he was well
0: thought of mm-hmm. in the community, and uh,
1: but he. Uh, I think I believe he was a civilian aide to the Secretary of War, and he he quit, but not quit, but he resigned, resigned because he was. Well,
0: probably were not the attitude, going, yeah. Yes, the attitude that uh, they had about blacks. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Okay, so you're in Ramatelli and uh, you're doing your job.
0: Flying missions, each mission over over water. The end of the the airstrip uh, was right after you left the end over the ocean, the Adriatic Sea. Was Was
1: this from the boot of Italy?
0: Yeah. Well, you're not going south. You're going over toward Greece and and toward Germany. You have to go over that water.
1: But was Ramatelli in the...
0: No. Not quite. Not quite down in the boot. You'd say right at the ankle. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love, you have a way of putting things. <laughs> a definite way of putting
0: things. Okay. But anyway, uh, every morning, and, and many many of the guys went into that water. That's, that's the reason I mentioned it. That's a hazard. If you got water on the end of the runway, mm-hmm. and the engine quits on you, well then you're destined to uh, take a a bath that you hadn't planned
1: for. Was there a, you were still an outfit of, of blacks? and
0: um, this was all black, no, no whites around. Now there was a white fighter group close by, not too far away, but this was Colonel Davis, at that time Colonel mm-hmm. Benjamin Davis was the CO, all his, well it was black from the top all the way down to the mechanics, Crew chief, armorers, armors, all black. Mm-hmm.
1: Now each squadron, or each like the 99th, the 301st, first. first, the 302nd, and the 100th. Your planes all had different signs on, insignias on. Them?
0: Uh, let's see. All of them had red tails and uh, red spinners on the props.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think there was.
1: Uh, some check, checkered ones.
0: Yeah. Let's
1: see. In, in this book, I think it shows some checkered ones. Uh, because it brings in a name that I want to know if you're, how familiar you were. Uh, Pruitt. Uh, Wendell, Wendell Pruitt. Pruitt was a red tail.
0: All of us had red tails. So you all had red all tails. All had red tails. See, here's, here's the way the planes look. That's, that's my plane. Um, red tail, that's Red. That's the
1: other side. You showed me the.
0: That's the same side.
1: Mm-mm. No, you showed me the back side.
0: No, well, this the back side is here. They never we never oh. photographed. Oh, we the never side. you
1: never <laughs> photographed the front side? Okay. That's. You must have felt very. Close to that aircraft, I guess. I it was. It gets to be like well, just
0: how like you. Well, it gets to be like part of you because it stands between you and and death. You know, mm-hmm. and you have to have faith in the plane. And of uh, course, I had a good crew chief, and uh, I flew that plane for 60 some missions until finally. It began to, I, I let somebody else fly, it, and he flew it through a tree oh. while I was at a rest camp. And then after that, it didn't fly quite right, right it anymore. It same. would fly with one wing uh, down. What are you looking for? The name of the No, thing? I was uh, looking
1: for the, the checkered ones. Here. Oh, that's the 325th and the yeah, 332nd that. checkered tail Mustangs. Sorry.
0: Let's see No, this is this is the 3 325th with the checkered tail, right? And this is a 332nd.
2: Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. okay We all had red tails.
1: So what was the 325th?
0: That was another fighter fighters uh, Group somewhere around
1: but that wasn't they weren't they weren't black.
0: No, oh, no they were okay. white. Here's here's another shows uh, different groups. Yeah. That's that same. So you flew with there. the white? Uh no, this this was just a pose picture evidently. Oh,
1: But you didn't fly with whites. No,
0: no, we flew with blacks.
1: Okay, now. but the
0: bomber pilots that we that we covered were all whites. Okay, and this
1: plane is
0: That's a P fifty one Mustang. Yep.
1: And we're looking at pictures. Now. Yeah,
0: now that's training. That's a training plane, a basic training plane. Is that's that you? No, that's uh, our class captain.
1: Who was that?
0: Uh, his name was Brewer. And he, was, he went into that ocean I was telling you about. He mm-hmm. went into the sea. This one went into the sea. No, that's the same one. Let's see. We've lost several guys.
1: Oh, this is you.
0: Yeah, that's me. This is in Rome. Gosh. A uh, posh hotel in Rome. we they, The Allies took over. Is this you? Yeah. Allies took over some of the better hotels in Rome for their soldiers and pilots. The Air Force Air Corps had theirs. The, the enlisted men. I don't know how you
1: say this. To enlisted men had what?
0: Their, uh, their own? Their
1: own yeah. hotels. Blacks. You, you, you ha- did you have to stay?
0: Uh, no, no, there, there, there was can... no segregation uh, in Rome,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know. Although we had a IRS camp, come to think about in Naples, was mm-hmm. segregated. You know, they had a, a rest camp for us. I had a hotel and across the street, you had a dining room and a mm. dance ballroom and all that business. And uh, so nobody complained too much about that. Now that's uh, another St. Louisan. Incidentally, Who? Uh, his name is Theophilus Moore. He didn't fly though. Mm. Something something happened and uh, he did not fly. I don't know what, whatever happened. But we had. 18 pilots from St. Louis.
1: I'm glad you brought that up because I've been making a list of the names of St. Yeah. Louis, I've got 14 already.
0: Yeah, okay. That's a lot, isn't that's, it? Yeah, because I, I, I think that's more names. than more than uh, they had from any of the larger cities.
1: Mm-hmm. I wonder why that was?
0: I don't know, we seem to take to it, to, <laughs> a, to an opportunity. Yeah. That was an opportunity, that's the way I looked at it. Yeah. I didn't care, you know, what they did one thing they could not take away from you is the fact that you were f- flying some of the most expensive equipment and having some of the most exciting experience that anybody could could have. Uh, though You know, flying along at 400 miles an hour uh, or 300 miles an hour, up in the clouds or uh, over Germany, you, you know, you came, couldn't buy that and all the travel that, that you got. I, that whetted my appetite for travel. Since since I've been out, we've just been, my wife and kid, we've been all over the world, I guess. Uh, At some places we've been back twice because this kind of made a change person out of me. I I just enjoyed what I saw and what I did. Um, how did you? It's a rest camp, either out on the patio and the rest rest camp in Naples, and you look across the bay and Vesuvius would be there. That's, very
1: a, that's a, a woman.
0: Yeah, well, that's, they, they were around, you know. They were around. That's called a Grande Maria. Uh,
1: talk, talk to me about the, um, you made reference uh, at one point about the white soldiers talking about the blacks oh, yeah. in Italy.
0: Well, and I, it's just not Italy, but I think I get the impression that uh, white males feel it's one of their duties to protect white womanhood from from black, Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, whenever they go to these places, uh, then they they tell them. They feel that they have to tell them that. That all blacks, all these blacks that you're gonna see, that you gotta stay away from them because all these blacks, they have all the venereal diseases, they have uh, scales and scabs all over their bodies, they uh, they eat babies. These are all things you'd wonder why why a, a kid would uh, a mother would take a little girl and, and hide her behind her skirt. It's just from those kinds of. Reports that they've gotten, mm-hmm. and you'd have to go into a town uh, and break that down. All oh, that you had tails too. That's interesting. Uh, that blacks have tails.
1: Jews have tails.
0: Do they say that?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, maybe that's a, a <laughs> classic story. <laughs> anyway, you have tails, and you go to visit somebody, one of the homes, and you—they would take a you they didn't do that to me, I'll say. But some of the guys take a pillow and, and you'd wonder what they put the pillow down. That's to help ease your sitting on your tail. Oh, for
2: heaven's <laughs> sake.
0: Yeah, these, these are the things that they actually <laughs> they actually did. And, and the Italians couldn't understand. They said, aren't you all fighting? Aren't you, aren't you all the same? In the same army or same service? Well, the whites would tell them that we were native troops. Uh, we were really slaves. Uh, we had the same uniform, but uh, we were just slaves, and you got to watch us because we'll, we'll eat up some of your babies. Mm. And then from time to time, they would uh, they'd see a black officer, and they would become so incensed that they were infantrymen and they were <laughs> crawling around in, in mud and, and you yeah. were all clean and you know with your uniform you could actually be attacked uh, that happened to us uh, in Bologna uh, they resented we were with some Italian girls and they resented uh, our being with them and, and it must have been about 50 of those guys it was tough uh Instrument right out of the trenches or whatever they fought in and uh they actually and we just two of us in this place way out in the country and we should have you just said i didn't have a gun or anything with me and we had to battle our way out of this place and the only way i got out this guy he was a, a ground officer and he knew he felt he knew how to handle. I was a pilot, I didn't know anything about these soldiers. Uh, He said, White, get the MPs, get the MPs. So I said, I was glad to let this guy, I had a guy by the collar, you know, I was telling him I'm an officer. Don't you realize I'm an officer? (laughs) And we we were waltzing around, (laughs) clutching each other. So I let him go and I walk. It's almost like it's a story. I used I used to read stories about Indians and gauntlets. Are you aware that the way they used to torture uh, people, that the captives, they'd make you run a gauntlet? Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, in order to get out of this place, this restaurant, uh, I had to go through a gauntlet of these great uh-huh. big brutes. You know, 'cause mm-hmm. I'm just five nine, and these guys must be six two, six big farm boys. You know and but it's a funny thing i remember you know they i, I could see the hands but they didn't seem to have the nerve to really touch me uh, uh and i was just lucky you were cause, an cause officer I, you were yeah, an officer so i walked i walked right on through and but then when i got out i was going up it was dark out in the street and and this is in italy and uh, where where are you gonna find a phone i'm knocking on doors in the meanwhile. They actually, there were were two other blacks in this place. There was another uh, enlisted man, and this guy I was with was a first lieutenant. Do you know they bounced him around from one guy to another?
2: Oh, they did. And
0: when he came out, his face was just just a huge, just puff, you know, where they just beating him.
1: Oh, they really did. And then
0: they congratulated him on being a good fighter. After all of it. Taking pot shots at him. Did they?
1: Did he uh, no. prosecute? What him? can
0: you do? We we were stationed in Ramatelli, and we had just decided we were going to go on a weekend <laughs> up to Bologna. Mm-hmm. Cause I used, you know, like travel. I wanted to see the country, but we got into a horrible mess at that. That wasn't
1: something. But it was terrible.
0: It's, it's yeah. it, you know it it's another uh, thing to make you bitter you know, that they would actually do that. What'd you
1: do with the bitterness?
0: Well, frankly, I just decided, after I got out, after I got out, uh, in one piece, I decided I would not uh, let the airplane kill me, and and I uh, was careful. After about 40 missions, I began to get a little careful, because it looked like, I was going to make it. I wasn't very careful the first party because that seemed like this uh, impossible number of missions to survive.
1: What does being careful mean?
0: Being careful means that you make sure that you go through your procedures when you take off and you don't have any lapses of memory uh, when you get ready to bring that plane in. Uh, Landing and takeoff, those are the most crucial in any flight, uh, more people get killed on landings and takeoffs, uh, because you, in flying you can't make mistakes, you know, it's very intolerant of, of making mis- of people that make mistakes, and so you have to pledge yourself that you're going to, you know, be thinking at all times, as long as you're in the plane. See, we, you're in a situation where everything is bigger than life. Here you are, you, you've got a plane with a nose, a, a Rolls Royce engine, and it, it's powerful. It gives you a feeling of, of being a giant yourself. You, you know, you wanna see what the plane can do. You, uh, on your off days, you take the plane up, and, and you take it to its limits. You know, you dive it, and you pull it up, and you do rolls going up, and, and you go into the clouds and, and do aerobatics. And, and, and we had a beautiful plane. I, my plane was brand new when I got it, right off because of, I had complained about another plane that I had. Uh, they gave me the first bubble canopy plane that came in. That's one with the canopy where you can see 360 degrees. So that, I got careful with that plane because it began to cough at 22,000 feet. Okay. The Russians were coming from the east, and the Allies were coming from the west, and they were—they uh, had the Germans between them, and our target the area where we could bomb and strafe was becoming more narrow all the time. So our targets uh, so became fewer straf- and fewer. You, were
1: you strafing? Yeah, them? well,
0: that's what I'm saying. Then they started more of the tactical type missions, strafing, where you strafe tanks or trains, or anything that you saw moving. And the, the, the day I got my couple kills... Uh,
1: Aircraft kills? Yeah.
0: I uh, was told by General Davis, or Colonel Davis, to escort the bombers to the target, and then bring them back to a certain point, and then take eight men, including myself, and do a fighter sweep along the Danube River, because uh, German aircraft had been sighted in that area the day before, and we was just we were spawning for a fight. You know, you you got all those bullets in your wing, and you want to want to use them. You know, you, see that this this war kind of makes you bloodthirsty. Well,
1: you want to do what you
2: were trained for, right? About.
0: Right. So, see if you can do it. Right. Prove that you can well. do it. And uh, so, and this, and we're getting to the point the place where I was telling you where the training that makes you feel superior can almost get you killed. Anyway, we got, we, we started lowering. I brought my men down because I wanted to, to I was leading this. I was, I was, I was leading. You are a captain and yeah. now? Yeah, by that time. No, I was the first lieutenant, pardon, mm-hmm. uh, at that time. So we, lowered, came down a little bit so that we'd be visible and that we could see uh, any planes that happened to be around. So my wingman, Harry Stewart, he's still around, he said, there they are, there they are. I looked over there, four aircraft, black aircraft, some distance below us, and say like, what would that be, about one o'clock below. You know, that's jargon to use. And so I said, "Well, let's." He was closest, so I said, "Well, let's get him." So he peeled off. I peeled off uh, right behind him, and the other two planes, along with me, uh, peeled off. So here we go, thundering down after these four, four planes after four planes. Uh, we had top cover, four planes above us, covering us. So we have this uh, a new uh, site. Go ahead. Go ahead sight, gun sight, and it has rings of light and you have a little handle on your throttle and theoretically, when you got these lights narrowed down to the wingspan of the plane that you wanted to shoot, uh, you could just pull the trigger and he would just blow up that was the theory Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, I'm looking through this sight and my first impression was that when we attacked when they saw us coming, they turned tail and ran. That's since we were so superior. And but as I looked through the sight, I began to have trouble keeping uh, uh, keeping his wing span in these you know, in these little diamonds of light. And he began to get big so fast, I said, geez, I'm catching the I didn't realize my plane was that fast, you know, that I'm catching up with them. Mm-hmm. But these are all thoughts going through my right head. But then I looked up from the site, and that guy was not leaving. He was coming. Oh. See, he had turned into us. And here we come. And, you know, I just picked one plane. The other guys had picked theirs. So here we come
2: Towards
0: toward each other. each other, nose to nose. And, and I could see the... Uh, they had cannon 20 millimeter cannon firing uh, through their wing uh, the prop arc and of course I was firing my 50 caliber. I, I have six machine guns and'm I'm, I'm blasting away but neither one of us hit each other. but meanwhile we come, we're still coming closer and closer but you know in moments like that time just kind of you know stands stills like in slow motion. The big problem was, who's going which way, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm thinking, this he's not Japanese, so he, he doesn't want to kill himself, you know?
1: Did you really have time? I had time. All
0: these thoughts. I'm, I'm recalling the very thoughts that oh, went my through God. my head. And this guy kept coming, kept coming. And at the last moment, I jerked the stick up and to the left and I pulled up and I looked down and I looked him just like I'm looking you in the face maybe not quite this close I still remember he had hexagonal goggles and I could see the spinner on the plane as he went right up under my wing.
1: Charles why didn't you shoot him when you were coming close?
0: No we were were shooting each other until we got so close that we stopped shooting we started I guess he was thinking, which way will I go, you know.
1: Did you stop shooting because he'd have blown up and hurt you too?
0: No, no. We stopped shooting because uh, looked like we were going to collide. Uh-huh. And I, I stopped because I, wa- I wanted to figure out which way I was going, either down, up, sideways, some way. Uh-huh. So I decided... Well,
1: thank God you didn't both go the same way. That's right. That's right.
0: I pulled up. And then he disappeared right, swoosh, right. And the and the centrifugal force, you know, these Gs, gravitational force, it pulled my goggles, my oxygen mask down as I pulled up, because I pulled up hard. And when I pulled up, the sky was just black with German aircraft. It must have been 25 or 30 German planes that I had to weave my way through. And here were eight, eight against eight against about 30, 30 planes.
1: Seemed like a good time to go home.
0: Yeah, but we couldn't go home. You know, you you, uh, you wanted You got to get some kills. You know, you got to fight. So here we are. And you still had the bombers? No, no, we left them. You know, we brought the bombers out. Oh. And then we went back and did the fighter sweep. Okay. And we were doing exactly what we were told to do. It shows you how the Army can, can make you do things programmed. Could, could, yeah, you program i mean i was delighted to see these places at last i could shoot one or two down and so uh in the in the ensuing battle uh here's a p51 two germans on him so i pulled in behind him uh, the the last man here we go around this guy and i'm sh- leading him like you know when you shoot a shotgun you have to lead the target i'm leading him and and hoping he's going to fly into these these uh, bullets, he he uh, senses I'm behind him. He peels off, and I peel off behind him. Here we go straight down. We're just about twenty-five thousand feet, not 2,500 feet, close, kind of close to the ground. He's going down in what they call a split S maneuver, and I'm right on his tail, and I'm and I'm trying to shoot him. You know, I'm leading him, not using the sight, just kind of feeling my way. And I look, cause I'm looking, and I'm upside down. And the, and I could see the you know the ground relatively close. So it looked like he was going on in. So I pulled up, I just pulled pulled up and winged over. And this guy did the split S, but he didn't have enough room to complete it. And he crashed and the ground. Mm. Then I pulled up. And uh, the fight's still going on. Pulled up behind another one and shot him, and he went off, went off in a spiral. And then, all of a sudden, I'm by myself. I look around, nobody. So I said, well, I got two. And so I started toward the Alps. You know, you always see the Alps from the north, you know. And that's your, your beacon to go home to safety. So I started, and then I see a, a dot. Uh, and I, just, I pushed the throttle forward, I said, it looks like another one. But as I closed in on him, that was one of our plays, one of, one of ours going home. And I, and I felt heroic, you know. Uh, we ought to go back and see, you know, what, what happened to the rest of them. So I turned in front, of, my radio wasn't working well. So I turned in front of the guy and pointed back, you know, then I went back and then I looked back over my shoulder and he hadn't varied his course. He was heading He's straight going to the house.
1: Well, he, he may need
0: to... A- yeah, well, he, he, had, he had a plenty. But anyway, I uh, said, well, <laughs> if that's the case, no sense of me being up here by myself. So I turned around and headed home. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I practiced with some, uh, you know, you had to, uh, when you shoot down plane, you have to do slow roll close to the ground that shows everybody on the ground that you, you've you had a victory Call a victory oh, really? roll that's where oh. the victory roll comes in oh. but I thought I better practice you see that's where thinking comes in you don't you know, have a victory and then go and kill yourself showing off you know? <laughs> <laughs> so as I came oh, back oh
1: I see when you come back yeah, You'd do this o- over the,
0: over the air, uh, over the field, uh, the field. See. See? So on the way home, over the water, I I practice my solo. Just spin, you know, just take the plane, spin it laterally.
1: There's, there's no. Um, well, like in golf. When you make a hole in one, it has to be seen by somebody or it doesn't count. That doesn't go with the uh, planes and kills, well, does it?
0: No, but it goes with the way that you fly. See, your crew chief wants to say that his, he's got the hottest pilot. Uh-huh. You know. So you don't want to let him down. So you do a lot of things that you wouldn't normally do, although uh, pilots aren't exactly, I don't think mentally, they're quite normal. Because if they were normal, they wouldn't be there in the first place. Because it's not normal to risk your life.
1: Thank God for all the unnormal men. <laughs>
0: right. You, uh, well, it's that macho thing, you know. Uh, This—it's been bred into all of us, you know—that that's uh, what you do. You have to prove your courage. Even in ancient, in in tribes, you know, in in Africa, you have to uh, prove your courage to become a man. Well, I guess you could say this was our our chance to prove our courage i pass over and demand
1: You had a lot to prove, though, because one chapter in the book, I think, was so apt in its uh, uh, title, and I passed it on to the people that are going to do this exhibit, because I think it was the fight for the right to fight.
0: Yeah, the, that that's right. In America, in the United States, I I keep making the same mistake that that Americans uh, are hated for sin in America, because all these these two continents are, you know, they're the Americas, and we say Americans, and think we're talking about, and we are talking about people who live in the United States. But anyway, it uh, is, uh, let me see, let me, I, I got off my train of thought now. Oh, good. I, don't I feel so
1: <laughs> alone. <laughs> well, let's rest for a minute. Yeah. All right. We
0: remembered. Yeah, right. the right to fight, uh, to fight, and die is a privilege. I mean, this has has been uh, the case in this country, and only the the white, red-blooded American male has that privilege to die for his country. And they didn't want black people. That's the reason they gave them uh... All the menial jobs, mm-hmm. see, because and then plus two is practical because if you if you risk your life and uh, that, then you want to make demands when you come back, mm-hmm. so maybe there was a practical side to it too. But anyway, it's it was well. Go ahead. No, go ahead. It was one of those things that you were. Uh, asked to do, and, and you did it because you wanted to prove, I guess, that you were a man, and that you had a right to do it.
1: Um, what, what got you down besides the normal things that might have gotten anybody down.
0: Well, I was very seldom down. I think I told you uh, when when we found out that they, did we mention segregated transportation down? No, we didn't mention that. Mm-hmm. On the airbase at Walterboro, yeah. uh, they wanted to segregate you on the, the, bus, the buses coming in and out of the, oh, yeah. no, we didn't talk about yeah. that. So in order to get rid of that, some of the service, blacks had had to uh, turn one of the buses over, they, there was some violence involved mm-hmm. in that. Because they actually wanted you to be in the back of the bus on the airbase. And we talked about the theater. Mm-hmm. But they wanted you to ride the back of the bus. And also, when in your uniform, uh, many times, you would get comments from people on buses. I heard one that didn't help my point of view. Is this? so ex-soldier got on white got on the bus and we were sitting there and I was a captain and this other guy was a captain and he in front of everybody he said I went overseas to fight for this country and the first thing I see when I get back is a nigger captain now this is right on the bus with all these people on and these kinds of things and then there's something humorous I'd like to share with you, and it, it tends to make you know that the more things change, the more they stay the same. I was riding on a train somewhere in all my finery, all my ribbons, and my all my wings, and bars, and ribbons, and, and everything. I thought I was looking pretty good, you know. And, uh, I was passing through this car, you know how you go from car to car, and a little little old white lady, uh, very sweet. sweet lady.
2: Sweet looking lady. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Said, uh, "Waiter, <laughs> oh God, waiter, would you bring me a cup of coffee, please?" We, no, what, no. We, do, I Carol? just looked at my friend and I laughed. I said, "Yes, man, we'll bring you a cup of coffee." <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> you have to shake your hand on
2: that. Oh God! <laughs> help.
0: Oh, I said, I said you She probably <laughs> wonders where her
2: coffee <laughs> well, is. <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: But it's really oh. something because in her eyes, that's the only reason you could have a uniform on. You know, Isn't if you incredible. if you wait wait and
1: Incredible. Oh my. Okay, I I want to turn this off for just a minute.
0: That's what I wanted to also say, that up through World War II, whites believed that they wanted white blood shed, you know, for the honor of the country and so forth. But starting with Korea and ending with Vietnam, they changed their tactics. Uh, they saw the waste, you know, in that. So they, uh, you, you found them uh, in Korea shoving blacks into those fighting positions. And and then in, in Vietnam, they, blacks play a very prominent role in fighting the Vietnamese. You know? And that's, that's a turnabout. Now, you could speculate, we could all speculate why. Maybe uh, it's because you're fighting non-white people or something, uh, uh, yellow people or brown people or something. What do you think? I, I don't know.
1: Charles, let me ask you something. Well, it brings up another question. Uh, did the infantry, the black infantry man, those segregated units, have as much trouble trying to get in to combat and trying to prove themselves as the pilots, does the officers do?
0: Uh, I'm not too sure how that, when I know they were butchered. I know they were General Clark butchered, just almost use them in suicide like missions.
1: Cannon fodder. Yeah, know.
0: cannon fodder. Yeah. Uh, Mark Clark. He will, for those that know about, about him, he, uh, to the extent that they, had to break up those two. They only had about two, two infantry units. I think they had the 92nd Division and the, well, I don't know what the other one was, but they were, uh, they got very little recognition Mm -hmm. and they were ill-used as far as uh, the history books tell us.
1: Well, in this book that you gave me, they also talked about uh General Hap Arnold in the, the Air Force, uh, he, he wasn't, uh, he assessed, he was chief of the Air Corps. And uh, there were, as I said, conflicting opinions as to the caliber of the ability of, well, we were talking about the 99th, but yeah. I guess it could be everybody since they were the first.
0: Yeah, they were to, the first. To do
1: the job. Yeah. And uh, I think his assessment uh, when he came down to the field. They said something about uh, they were embarrassed, the black officers were embarrassed, or even the white ones, that he was acting in, in the way that he was, uh, the assessment yeah, of, uh, of, of you all. Whereas I think then General Marshall had the Negro program analyzed, and Colonel Davis ex- testified and explained the charges. And then it seems as though. To go on in this vein of what I read, that the integration of the 99th with the 79th Fighter Group, which was white, he said, General da- da- Colonel Davis said that what you all didn't have was experience and confidence. It's mainly because experience breeds confidence, right. and confidence you had not been the way you you know the way things had happened to you didn't build your confidence. Right. So, therefore, the assimilation of the two races into a single fighting army combat unit was one of the more important events in the history of the Negro Air Program because it helped you gain confidence, which gave you uh, experience and confidence.
0: Now, that must have happened over North Africa.
1: Yes, Uh, it did. uh, It did.
0: But that was only a temporary thing because as Mm -hmm. soon as they organized the 332nd, they pulled the 99th away from that situation. Brought them into your. You which groups.
1: gave you the yeah. experience, yeah, their they experience. Had the experience. So somebody, it, it was, just, but it but that the 79th and the 99th worked beautifully together.
0: Mm-hmm. See, now that was, I was still in civilian life when all that was yeah, going
1: on. Yeah, right. Well, you shouldn't have given me those books to read. It <laughs> taught me too much. Okay, did you, did you know Wendell Pruitt?
0: Yeah, yeah, he was a little older. He went to, uh, uh, Lincoln University, mm-hmm. and uh, I was working in the post office when he, uh, when he uh, decided to go into pilot training. Because I I was rather late. Uh, well, I would say midway,
2: because mm-hmm.
0: a lot of the guys went in after I did, but Pruitt and two or three others went in well before I did, mm-hmm. and so I, I knew him personally. Yeah.
1: Can you tell me anything about him?
0: Well, he was a very handsome uh, very, really too handsome to be a a man if you've seen pictures of him he's uh, say a beautiful man and uh... but he was also a daring uh... devil may care pilot and i suppose that uh, is one of the reasons that he piled up the scores that he did and also the reason that he finally ended up killing himself, you know, mm-hmm. because uh, you have to always respect the airplane that you're flying. Mm-hmm. And they will kill you if you're careless, you know. Um,
1: okay, here you are. Did When did you come home, Charles?
0: November 46, I believe.
1: Oh, you stayed yeah. past the duration. All right, yeah. we'll, we'll go backwards a little bit, but right now I want to continue on. What happened when you when
0: you came home? All right, when we came home, there was nothing much for us to do. They were beginning to decide, try to decide what they were going to do with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the war was over, and uh, they just had us assigned to various squadrons, and they were gradually uh, weeding. Uh, I think, who was the president? Hoover? Or I don't know who In forty six, yeah. Well, anyway, I thought the republic. I think when the Republicans got in, no, no.
1: Roosevelt died, right? Remember then they dropped the bomb and oh, oh, uh, oh, that was uh, it. That was
0: forty five. The war ended. Okay. Well, then
1: he would still be there in forty six because it's always an election. Okay. Even Well,
0: anyway, they changed and decided they were going to cut. cut a lot of the Well, troops. that's
1: January so it, it could have been
0: uh, It could have been January 47 It uh, could have been seven, a change yeah.
1: of presidents then. Mm-hmm.
0: But anyway, they changed and they uh, decided just to cut We were in Lockburn, uh at the time. We came back to Tuskegee, then they started Tuskegee to close
1: said it was closed at, Cl- in January 46.
0: Yeah, okay, they closed that down, then they sent us all to Lockworm in Ohio, uh-huh. Columbus, Ohio,
1: and uh,
0: we had very little to do.
1: Excuse me. Truman was still president because in '48 he integrated the troops.
0: troops. Yeah, Post- Truman. So, so whatever the case, they decided they were going to cut. They were going to cut back. So, in doing so, they had to get rid of, you know, officers. And not that everybody wanted to stay in. I didn't want to stay in. I, I didn't have the type of personality that. Lend itself to peacetime service. You know, I could be a, a serviceman as long as you had a little latitude in what you did. You know, because being a pilot makes you. I mean, you. you order to want to be a pilot. You have to be a little, little wild, maybe a maverick type person, and that's what I tend to be now. Still, still. I'm a little, I'm mellowed somewhat, but I'm still a maverick. I mean, I think my for myself, and I don't like people, I don't like following artists and that's very bad. It always helped, I survived because I was a captain, and there weren't too many people giving me orders. And then, as a civilian, I, I was a school principal, so I gave most of the orders. So, Where? Uh, at Stevens Middle School. I just re- retired last year, so you know that that helps if you don't like to follow artists. and uh, and I, I think that's a personality flaw, maybe, or maybe it isn't, but whatever, that's that's the way I am, and uh, but I've mellowed somewhat.
1: So you came home.
0: Came home. I and mean, how
1: did people treat you? And how did how did whites treat you? How did blacks treat you?
0: Well, now. I worked special. with whites I I was well the thing is when you when you come back and you take the uniform off then you just kind of become just another Joe but
1: you're maybe. still special inside
0: yeah but see my situation was different from those other guys uh, I had uh, been in school but I also had a job a job in the post office, I went in the post office in '42, and uh, I didn't have to go around looking for something to do. I had a job to come back to. Good job. A uh, good job. were good in those days, and mm-hmm. it's uh, still a good job in uh, in mm-hmm. these times. They they pay. A lot. I quit it for teaching, but uh, it's still a good job. So I I didn't have any questions about what I would do. Now, many of the guys, once the glow is off, you know, and you, the glamour is gone, they couldn't take it, because they were used to people deferring to them and, and everything. And But I just kind of settled down and got married in 40, what, 47. I went back to school. That's one thing it taught me, that I'd have to quit fooling around in school. I i had been just playing around in school. You know, playing with the girls and that sort of thing. Uh, socialized. But meeting all these outstanding young men, young males, with all this talent gave me another perspective. So I came back and went right back to school and uh, finished my education. I had been fooling around still teaches college for I don't know since 38 you know quitting school going back uh, you know you didn't have you weren't dressed properly like you'd like to be dressed so you quit and get a job it didn't make any difference nobody was doing anything the depression was still with us everybody was poor and things didn't get better until the war unfortunately wars tend to make things better Economically, uh, economically it gives for everybody. everybody a job. Yeah,
1: Charles, the fact that you were involved with all these men who you admired so much and learned from, and that the fact that some of them did get killed and you did lose friends
0: About half of
1: them—and the fact that they were so imbued with the, the qualities that you admired—that must have done something. To you, as far as seeing that the rest of your life,
0: that you did your best when you got back. Well, that's that's what it did. I mean, it, it reshaped my thinking. You know, um, you know what's important, and I realized that first of all, education is important. You can't do a thing in this country unless you have education. So you and you can't say you got it by the school of hard knocks. You've got to have some paper to show that, that you have it, diplomas. So I went back and, and, and finished my education. Uh, while I was doing that, I had about a year and a half to go. I married, I worked, uh, I went to school, worked in the post office. I, I, <laughs> I, had, I had a child and a wife, and I slept when I could. You know. I, three or four hours a night I would get between school and, and work. Finally graduated, and then I began to teach school. I started teach school and stayed in the post office. And worked two full-time jobs. Where'd you
1: teach?
0: Where? Where? Uh, let's see, when I first started, I taught it down in the Banneker District. Uh, Duval School. Uh, Johnson School, some of these schools been torn down since. But I taught a Henry School down there on 10th Street. Then, this is interesting because it shows you how you fashion your life. Uh, My feeling, and you were saying how, you asked me in a way how you decided uh, you were going to uh, spend your life and what what it did to your thinking well i realized that in this country in the united states of america you've got to have money you know you gotta have money because if you don't have money you don't have respect you don't have anything and you can have religion and